0: What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this this is the NWA, a podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And today, today we have a very special episode, an interview with the women's world's heavyweight champion, Miss. Allison K. Allison's going to be taking on Thunder Rosa this Friday, January twenty fourth at NWA Hard Times. This is a match I've personally been super excited to see ever since the NWA Power Show started. I'm excited that they're getting to the headline at a pay per view. It's going to be amazing, and I don't know which way this is going to go. Just to be perfectly honest. I can tell you this, we've had Thunder Rosa on the show before, and you know she was great. Well, Allison Kay is no exception. Getting to talk one-on-one with Allison K, I've got nothing but immense respect for her as a competitor, and more importantly, as a human being. Allison is a super wonderful person, and uh, she can be very intimidating because, after all, she is a champ. But even carrying around all that prestige and a women's division in the NWA, Allison Kay is a super easy person to talk to, and I couldn't be more excited to share this interview with you guys. I will say this, props to her also for never complaining the entire time. At one point my dogs go crazy, I edited that out. And also at another time, I realized that the audio, she must have been hearing me on a very weird delay. Now I tried to fix that in post, but I just thought it was pretty interesting that she maintained and I think the interview turned out really, really good. I just wanted to drop in and just make sure to tell you to please like us, Subscribe to us on your podcast feed. You give us five stars on that iTunes if you don't mind. It helps get us in front of more people so we can do awesome interviews like this with Allison K. And um, also, if you get a chance, go over to the YouTube channel. This is the NWA. And give us a subscribe there. We've hit the point of monetization over there, and we couldn't thank you guys enough. It's been an amazing ride so far, and we love doing the live shows for you guys. On all the social medias, we're at the NWA Pod. Adam Rotella is at This Is Rotella, and of course I am at This Is Gary Horn. But enough about us. Let's talk to the woman of the hour. Here she is, Miss Allison K. <laughs> All right. We're pretty casual here. So Allison Kay, thank you so much for joining me today on This is the NWA.
1: Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we should have talked to you first off. And uh, somehow we have not spoken yet. Adam and I tried to make sure we had officially introduced ourselves. I think I've seen you at like meet and greets and stuff like that, but I had not talked to you, talked to you. So we we're trying to like Build a relationship so you didn't think we were just crazy people. Yeah, I
1: know. Like. <laughs> I wasn't gonna judge you for it, but I'm I'm glad that we're talking now.
0: It's an honor. You have uh you've held that title almost I think April is a year, right?
1: Yes, yes, that is correct. I
0: think that's when Crockett Couples. So one of the things that I, I just want to go into right off the bat is I've been doing so much research on you. Like I, I get <laughs> really adamant about this. I I do another podcast called the Psychotronic Film Society. And so we've got like a nice little following over there, me and another guy. It's all like cult weirdo movies and stuff. And so I watched a video with you and the uh, Demon Bunny folks. And you you were talking about Blood Diner. And I have not seen this movie yet. So (laughs) so is that like one of your favorite horror movies or something?
1: Oh, you have not seen it.
0: I have not seen it. No, I was looking for it, but it's not like (laughs) streaming anywhere. I was going to watch it before I talked to you.
1: Okay, first of all, I'm just... I'm just glad that this is the first thing we're talking about for some reason it just it just warms my soul. Um yes, Blood Diner is probably my favorite one of my favorite horror movies. I'm a huge fan of B horror. So, like, the shittier, the better. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast or not, but I just you said it, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. So, <laughs> the worse it is, the better. The cheesier, the better. Like, when it comes to horror movies, I either want them to be really good or I want them to be really bad. I don't really enjoy the in-between. So, um, Blood Diner is terrible, but in all the best ways. And I don't want to ruin it. I don't remember what I said in, in the Demon Buddy video, but uh, um, you draw it's You a great.
0: name. I think it's the name of a demon or something like that. that I
1: Sheetar! yeah guitar yeah and so it. uh ali is also a huge fan of that movie and so we bonded on that like 10 years ago when we met
0: that's awesome is horror like your favorite genre or is it yeah i would say so why why that movie i'm just curious i'm sorry and i'll stop asking about a random question no, no it's not fine. wrestling related <laughs>
1: uh, it's fine uh, what can i say without ruining it without spoiling it it's just like oh it's so bad it's so bad but it's so good <laughs> like there's there's a scene where i don't know what to say without ruining it but i'm just gonna say it anyway so if you don't want spoilers just i guess you're gonna have to turn this off right now You'll have there's to a skip scene where <laughs> yes there uh is a scene where a guy gets hit in the back of the head with a shovel and his eyes pop out of his head and there's also <laughs> a scene where a girl gets her head shoved into a deep fryer and it comes out as a giant hush puppy so i feel like but, that's all you need to know <laughs>
0: that's amazing already i really want to see this now yeah we've got these uh books that the other podcast is based off of is it's it's there was a psychotronic film guide is what it was called and that's where we got the name from and this guy in New York was like writing reviews of every shitty B-horror movie or sci-fi movie he could or whatever. So he's just got like a whole collection of them. So we try to find them all. Anyway, so that's that's <laughs> one that's definitely going on the list now because yes. uh, I, had, I had never seen it. Um, All right, so I'll talk to you about wrestling a little bit, I guess, if we have to. I guess. <laughs> so one of the things I love about you that I've seen so far is like you seem like you are the hardest working person in the business right now, or at least one of them. You go everywhere. And it's insane to me. Like, you were in Alaska not too long ago, and, I mean, you go over to Japan and everywhere. Like, you've literally everywhere in the country, it seems like, that there's wrestling you've been to. Has the NWA title added to that? it, it, is it helped you, or what, what are the highlights and lowlights that, since you've won that title as compared to before?
1: I mean, I would definitely say so. It's a very prestigious title, so I definitely think it adds much more glamour to my appearance, I would say. I was a very active on the Indies before the NWA as well, though. So I, I was going a lot of places as, as well. Japan was not NWA related in 2019 or when I went the first time in 2013. And I've been all over the world, so it, it, it's it's weird because I it absolutely adds so much prestige. I just also was very active on the Indies before, so now it's like kind of a combination of of my reputation from before and now um, the NWA brand as well.
0: Have you always had that hustle? Did you ever, I'm not going to do the same thing as everybody, but, and you don't do a ton of these, but I know you've wanted to wrestle for a long time. And like, did you always just, was that it? You just knew wrestling was going to be the thing?
1: Honestly, yeah. I remember being like 12 years old and deciding, like making the decision, like I'm going to be a wrestler when I'm older. And I remember writing myself this letter and I wish I could find it. I want to find it so bad. I feel like it's probably in my mom's garage or something, but I wrote this letter to myself, my future self about being a wrestler. And I wish I could remember what it says. I just remember very vividly writing it like I remember the pen and paper but I I cannot remember what I said but that I made the decision like I'm going to be a wrestler and I remember my mom telling me like yeah okay like you're going to grow out of it sure and I did for a little bit in high school but I obviously came back to it
0: yeah where does the hustle come from that gets you there
1: man I I don't think that I don't think that's something that I always had I think it's something that I learned in the business coming up on the indies it's something you have to pick up if you want to survive if you want to make money I don't know I don't even know how to explain that it really is like a <laughs> It's a skill you learn on the job.
0: It's always cool to me to see people that are just—you were determined to do to do something and you just did it. Like I'm as old as I am now, and I'm just now finally like, you know what? I really like wrestling and talking about it, so why don't I do something with that? You know? So it's cool to me to see you do that. And I wonder where that happens. Like what clicks? I appreciate in your brain.
1: that. I do feel like it was a click too because I do remember I started training when I was 20, and. I, I do remember thinking to myself, like, what am I doing with my life? I was going to the University of Michigan for a while. I hated it. I, I enjoyed my classes, most of them, but I wasn't doing, I wasn't studying anything that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, not for a living. And I kind of had to have that conversation with myself of what are you doing? What do you want to do? And the only thing that I could ever remember wanting to be was a wrestler. And it's, it's weird because I, I was working at KFC at the time. So that was my like high school job. I just stayed there a little bit out of high school and I went to work the next day and I asked one of my friends who was from Mexico, do you know wrestling? Because I know it's very popular in Mexico and sure as shit, he was like, yeah, I used to be a wrestler in Mexico. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I still don't know to this day if that's even true. But he said, um, he said, and my brother is also a wrestler in Detroit. And so he's actually who linked me up with this guy who was at a wrestling school in Detroit and I went down there and met them and started training there. And that was it.
0: Do you manage yourself too? Because yep. <laughs> it, just, it still drives me crazy. Just that like, just following you on social media and seeing you all the places that you go, like, it's just, you have to have that drive. Uh, like you said, I mean, I guess it's to know that you're going to make money or whatever. It's just nuts to me. Just somebody so meticulously scheduling. Like we, we even had to, you know, you you said you were putting me in your agenda and I totally believed like you had like a lined up specific set of plans on what happens every day. It is just oh yeah crazy to me
1: <laughs> my agenda is everything if I didn't have it I I would just I would do nothing I, <laughs> I would be so lost in the world I have to write down like if I'm going out to dinner with my friend I have to write it down and not just like I'm not even that type of person who's like OCD about organization and plans I'm really not but I I just am busy and so I have to I have to make sure I know what I'm doing each day or I will forget I and I'm I'm like one of those people who, I can't open your text unless I'm ready to respond to it because I will forget to respond and then you'll think I'm an asshole. So it, it things that you pick up over time of how to how to try to stay organized because yeah, I do I do manage myself and it is difficult at times to try to manage all of your social media. You know, especially I have my Patreon and I have my website and then I also have to actually wrestle. So I have to get to the gym and I have to train. Yeah,
0: the 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 Patreon is another thing. I know that that's not just a simple process of setting all that up like you were like maybe the first person to do that in the wrestling world
1: Um, that's what i've heard as an individual like when i when i joined patreon i searched for other wrestlers and i couldn't find a single one all i could find were youtube uh shows and like podcasts that were wrestling related other than that there were no individuals on patreon and so i kind of had to model mine after i looked at a lot of like I looked at what wrestling fans were paying for the YouTube and the podcast stuff. And then um, I also looked at a lot of cosplayers because that seemed like sort of similar, but yes, that is not an easy task. And everyone, all of my friends that I've helped set up a Patreon are like, holy shit, this is a lot of work. I'm like, yes, that's what, that's what I told you in the beginning. It's a, it's a lot of work, especially if you want to make it sustainable and something that you can, you know, that you don't just give up on in like a month or two and abandon because it's, too hard or you can't keep up with what you're promising people
0: well it's it's like people have to. you have to make people want to keep coming back month to month right so it's it's just you know I, I suppose you would have to think about new ideas and that sort of thing or or i guess even to draw people in
1: yeah like what can you do every month like realistically you know what i mean what can you keep up with i always was telling my friends don't over promise things you know like try to make right. it realistic like right now you think that you'll be, you'll be able to do i don't know a youtube show or a blog or something once a week but you don't realize like how much time that actually takes to create
0: uh no apartment wrestling right i saw i saw a tweet about that the other day so that's why I no
1: no apartment wrestling that's just not my thing i'm not trying to knock anyone you know make your money girl or boy whoever um <laughs> right but, right but i it's, it's that's not for me
0: no i hear you i was just uh i saw someone like you had retweeted someone that had made like a fake post of you or something saying that was from you or something like that. You had retweeted. This was a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, it just stuck out in my
1: head. Oh, yeah. All the fake accounts. Oh, my gosh. Burner accounts, man. Yeah, there are a lot of fake accounts pretending to be different wrestlers. And I don't care if people do the role play accounts, if they say that they're role play accounts. But the ones that just straight up copy and paste your bio and use all of your like maybe like your last nine photos that you uploaded so it looks it looks the same as your as your page when they click on your profile those bother me mostly because my understanding is they're trying to dm fans as if this is like my private account where i talk to fans to send them money or something so like that obviously is a problem
0: yeah that's crazy but i guess you you know you've really made it i suppose if, if people i guess are doing that, <laughs> they think you're important enough to fake
1: right all
0: right so i have to ask you on the belt too i was thinking about this the other day like uh the time i saw you at the nwa press conference right before power started like the very first set of tapings you guys did the hard rock thing and i was there and uh billy presented the new belt to you did you know? I mean, did you know that new belt was coming out?
1: Um, yes, because I actually requested that design.
0: Oh, did you really? Yes. Oh, tell me yes. about that.
1: I loved the I love the old school style just in general. Um, that's uh. why NWA has really felt like home to me since since I started. But I remember sending a bunch of pictures of Mildred Burke to. David Lagana saying like, Hey, if we're going to get a new belt, can we do this design? Like the actual old school one, um, with the picture in the center and everything. And, and they modeled it so closely after that, that Mildred Burke title. I, I love it so much. I'm so happy that he was cool with that because we need, we needed to update that belt anyway. So I'm I'm just so happy. I don't like the giant chunky belts. I don't. I know some people are like that belt's small. Yes, I know it's small. So it was the original, and I like it.
0: It's funny to me too. You you did this here, and I'm glad. I was going to ask you about this. Uh, Mildred Burke is a name you've dropped. I've I've heard you drop that name a bunch, and uh, it's really interesting to me because she's not. She's obviously a huge part of women's wrestling, but she's just not the name that you always hear when people talk about uh, women's wrestling, for better or worse. There's usually a couple other names that get dropped. Uh, Any particular reason like she stands out?
1: I feel like she's the OG. I also read Queen of the Ring, and I feel like that really made her name stick in my mind more, but I feel like she is the OG. She's like the unofficial first NWA Women's Champion. It wasn't called NWA at the time, so technically she's not, but I mean, I'm using air quotes as I'm saying this. Like, she's like the unofficial first.
0: Yeah, I, I looked back just to make sure I, before I said anything, I was going to say that if you look back on, at least on a lot of lineages, they trace it right back to her. Is that cool to you? That Like, your belt technically can be traced Linewise, straight back to you, Mildred Burke.
1: Yes, that's insane to me. Like no other belt has that type of lineage. Like women's belt anyway. Like that it that is surreal. Like it doesn't really click in my brain yet, I don't think. I don't think I'll it'll register until much later.
0: Is it at all weird to have your face on the front of the belt? That's a unique part of this one.
1: Yes. Um I don't think it's weird at all. I love it. Yeah, I love it.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a really cool look. It's just always interesting to me just the unique designs of these titles look like the titles that other people carried from the past.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I saw one person say, like some people will complain it's too small and whatever, that's your preference. Um, I, I did see one person say it looked like a tombstone and that did make me laugh because it kind of does.
0: <laughs> oh, I could, I could see that. See, it's so cool to me. That's awesome. Speaking of old school and you feeling at home, does the studio feel like home to you now? Like since you're all over the place, you've seen all sorts of setup. How, how does that area feel?
1: Oh yeah, it, it really does feel like home. Even like the first set of tapings, I felt like it felt like home and that's weird because- normally the first time you wrestle in a new ring or a new venue there's just a different feeling about it almost like a little nerve-wracking like it doesn't feel like home right so I remember um, one of my old trainers talking about how, like, you need to make the ring, it should feel like your living room. Like, you should be that comfortable in it. And, like, the first time you're in a new ring, it doesn't feel like that. The first time I was in the studio for NWA, it already felt so comfortable. And that does not happen very often for the first time you're there. And especially now, at at the second tapings, it was even better. So um, I'm very much looking forward to these next set of tapings.
0: The backstage, how does that compare to, like, other locker rooms you're used to? Like, as far as the community of wrestlers that are back
1: there i'm having a ball back there uh it's a pretty big studio so the girls have we have our own area of course we're kind of like like where the makeup room is, it's like you walk in and there's like a makeup area. And then there are two separate locker rooms back there where you can go back and like change and whatever. But as far as like the people, I couldn't ask for a better group of people right now for real. Um, I feel like everyone says that right now too. You know, everyone's like our locker room is the best and these girls are blah, blah, blah. That's great. And I, I hope that's true for everyone, but I really am happy with the group of girls that we have. And I know that I trust that when we expand, that it will be done in a good way like we want to make sure that we keep our locker room tight and that we keep quality people in there and i i do believe that um we've been doing that and that we're co- going to continue to do that
0: yeah i i actually love the women's roster of nwa and for my money like you put it up against anybody. it's like it's a you you have a really cool set of people and I, you can argue that you kickstarted that kind of when you came in in Crockett Cup and and beat Santana Garrett and and picked up the title for the first time there and you kind of took it and ran with it. I always see, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like Aldis and I will go back and forth on Twitter or on, on our YouTube show and stuff like that. But uh, I always say like you know when you're when you're a good champ you start to bring in competition and uh, so you've brought in I would say like good competition like you have a legit set of people. And, and I guess you're, you're technically a veteran now, although to a lot of people, you might still feel new that, you know, they know you probably from TNA and stuff, but uh, adding in like ODB and Melina and those folks that you get that veteran feel. And then like Ashley Vox and obviously Thunder Rosa's in there now. And they, so it feels like there's this good mix of talent and like length in the business.
1: Oh, absolutely. I know it's weird that you say that I'm a veteran because that doesn't feel, it feels weird to me. I actually just had this, I had this conversation recently with one of um, my veterans who was basically giving me that whole spiel about like, yeah, you're a vet now. Like you're, you need to be like the mama bear in the locker room and you need to protect these girls. And, you know, that whole thing. And I'm like, I'm not ready to do that. But I, I feel like I always have done that anyway. Just not like in, in a different way, I guess. Not like I'm going to stand up in the middle of the locker room and be like, all right, guys, you know, but I just um, I just try to be there for everyone, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I think that you you strike me as like similarly with like Nick Aldis, like you guys are in this place where you've been a lot of places. And now you're at like a peak moment in your career and you're ready to carry a company and you guys are handling it really well. So well, props to you. you. Yeah. So In particular, you've had a pretty heated thing right now with a few people, and one of those is your ex-best friend, I guess, Marty Bell, then the uh, hot newcomer, Thunder Rosa, and uh, who seems to be the puppeteer, Miss Molina. Uh, but yes. I guess let's start with, I guess let's start with Marty. Uh, can, on, on her end, if I'm trying to be empathetic, do you see her side of this at all? That, I mean, obviously she she should not gang up on you, but, you know, you were kind of telling her she wasn't ready for the title. So that feels like a little, a little dirty, if, if see, I got to be honest.
1: <laughs> I understand why people think that. I understand I understand where Marty's coming from. I understand why people would hear that and take it the wrong way, or at least like that wasn't, that that's not my intention. And I, it's one of those things that once it leaves your mouth, you're like, ooh, like I maybe could have worded that better. And I, I recognize that. And I also probably didn't need to like say it in front of the audience because I do understand why somebody would be offended by that. And I probably should have handled that differently. I also feel like when you're close friends with someone like Marty and I had been best friends for so long that. You have a different rapport with them. You know, you can kind of push their buttons a little harder than you would someone that you don't know. And I guess I was just feeling a little too comfortable and having a conversation in public that I should have had in private. But I feel, I honestly felt like she needed kind of like a fire lit under her ass, you know? Yeah. I felt like I can't just keep giving out title shots to friends. I I have to be fair. And I think the company has to be fair in choosing that type of thing as well. So it, it was really me just trying to trying to push her a little bit um, especially with all the competition coming in and it did not really come across the way that I wanted it to it's unfortunate it's unfortunate how it how it ended up
0: it is, it is. You you guys seem to uh, be really, really close. And, and now it seems like that would be a hard thing to mend considering the people she's lined up with. One of those people, Allison, is, I've got to ask about Thunder Rosa. We've, we've had her on the show, I know. And uh, she has exploded on the scene, right? Like she is hugely popular. H- how does that feel like watching this person walk in and, and generate so much attention?
1: Honestly, that's fine with me. That That doesn't bother me at all. I've never been one to be fighting for for attention or that type of spotlight. Like I, I want to come in and I want to put on the best matches that I can and I want to um, carry this title well. That's my main concern. So I'm not trying to. I don't know what's weird. Like I understand why people would look at me and think I'm like the bad guy. I do. First of all, I have rest, resting bitch face, and I understand that. It's hard for me to, to clear that up. And then also, I don't pander to to the fans, you know, and I don't mean that in like a, like pandering. I don't, I don't mean to say pandering in like a, in a derogatory way. I just mean like, I'm not there begging people to like me. You know, I, I just, I love wrestling. I want to wrestle. I want to have amazing matches. And so that is my main focus. If, if the fans love Rosa, then they love Rosa. Good. That's fine. I, I agree that she's exploded onto the scene. She's popular. She's a good wrestler. I think that her match, with ODB was spectacular and i i'm not going to lie about that i'm not going to make excuses you know what i mean or or just because i don't like her because i don't agree with her choices doesn't mean that i i have to act like she's not talented um she's very talented and apparently my opponent for hard times coming up which i am very much looking forward to because i am looking forward to stepping into the ring with someone like her finally one on one and let's just hope it's one on one
0: uh, yeah, I am super excited about that as well. You two, I guess you could call it a dream match. Like it's, a, it's going to be really, really fun to see, you know, if you haven't seen it, you can go back on YouTube or on her podcast team. When she was on here, she had some strong words for you. Like she talked about you a little bit and she made reference to you, uh, both being on the same level on a lot of things. Like she felt like you both had the same intensity and passion and, uh, pardon me. These are her words, not mine, but she said also the, uh, Ability to know when it's time to show your ass on Instagram to get likes. And so she, uh, (laughs) she says she respected you in those ways, but she wanted to, she really wanted to beat you for that championship. That was her, her main goal, of course.
1: I mean, I know she does. I know she wants it. And, and honestly, in NWA right now, she is my biggest competition. And so I, I couldn't ask for a better match for a pay per view. And that's why I'm excited about it. Even though I don't like her, I am excited to be in the ring with her. And I know that the match is going to be very difficult I know that I know that she's going to put me through hell but I plan to put her through hell too I've I'll, I always say not that I made up this saying anyway but like you want to come for me you best not miss so that's how I feel about her and her little double stomp whatever from the top rope like girl you better be quick
0: so I know that you you kind of talked about this a little like you you talked about and again these are your words your resting bitch face and you say that like you you I mean I I think I even said to you when we were messaging like I was like I should have had you on here already but maybe you're intimidating I don't know do do, do you feel like that you could have gotten further if you'd have been more pandering or anything and you just don't care or
1: well what do you mean by further
0: well yeah you're right I guess you you you're carrying the. The championship but
1: do you mean like further with the fans
0: yeah maybe further with the fans i guess is what i'm saying because when you walk into the uh match at hard times there's a good possibility that you know it's just like it just happens thunder rosa is obviously not the most upstanding individual right now and she's still like every time she walks out there the crowd erupts for her
1: for sure. For sure. Um, I guess, I guess that's just not my focus. You know, I've always yeah. felt like hard work w- will carry you. And so it doesn't matter who that, who they cheer for. They're going to see an outstanding wrestling match and they're going to respect me. And that's fine. Like a lot of times I do notice, I guess the difference is like Rosa is new. Cause like you mentioned before, she's kind of like exploded onto the scene, right? She's new. So I think that people are excited to see what she can do. And then when I come down, like, for example, at the, at hard times, I'm sorry, at, um, into the fire, when I was coming down the stairs, the, the reaction is different, but I see people standing and clapping. It's, it's like, it's like respect versus like how you say exploded, I guess, for someone that they're excited for and and wants to see more from, um, because they haven't seen a lot of, I don't know. That's just kind of how I look at it, I guess. But my main concern is just is is the match itself
0: yeah i I think you're exactly right though i i I do notice that like when you walk into the room everybody appreciates you they know who you are and and for good reason i mean you you've you've been carrying like we said the belt for a year and you've done everything so people definitely have respect for you it's just a weird thing with rosa right now the other side of that too is there's like this other person i said maybe she's the puppeteer like what's how's it been like with melina she's from a different era technically than you but she's made a name for herself in the past and now she shows up and she's running this thing is that was she somebody you uh, appreciated you know from before and and how what's it like standing across from her
1: i mean with melina has done so much in this business and she is a legend in her own right and i know that she is basically fighting to prove that i think that she feels very insecure about a lot of stuff from her career and i feel like that's why she is the huge manipulator here i don't know like with with rosa and with marty bell i don't know i don't know she needs she needs to feel like she's manipulating people so that she can try to get her way i don't know just listening to her her interviews and things that she's had to say about me it sounds very it's just it's it's crazy to me i think she had some sit down interview where she was saying something about how i treat people something about like I think this belt is an accessory just things where I'm like where are you even getting that from like have you ever even watched me before are you just is this just like random insults you have stored or is this how you feel about yourself are these things that people have told you about you and that's why you're trying to like project them onto me because I I can't think of one instance where she would have the right to talk about how I've, I've treated anyone that just doesn't make any sense to me but i guess that also goes into her like trying to convince marty bell that i wasn't a good friend to her so i don't know someone that i definitely want want to get my hands on and after i'm done with rosa i 100 percent plan on going for melina because now she won't be able to avoid me anymore but i don't know i'm sure she'll find some way
0: yeah she's definitely gonna try it seems like you are under her skin too she seemed uh very excitable on the uh latest power i know that there's uh she shocked us all with some of the 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 stuff she said or the word she used so oh yeah yeah she uh, that
1: shows that shows someone sweating a little bit you know what i mean
0: exactly when you look at the nwa right now i cuz you've gone From I I know I keep saying this, but it just impresses me when I look at like your resume, like just how you're the way you always hear about Ric Flair and those kind of people traveling from territory to territory. It's like you're a modern day version of that too yourself. Like you have that you bounce around all over the place, all over the world. And you've been in some of the major companies too. Like you've been in impact and you've even wrestled in the may young classic. You've made a name for yourself basically just on that. Do you have a desire to like, obviously some of these other things we want to see the NWA get to this certain point, but there's, the biggest stage of them all, you know, like a WrestleMania kind of thing. Do you have any desire for that stuff? Or are you happy building from the ground up your reputation as it is now?
1: Um, I've definitely enjoyed building my reputation from the ground up. I think that reputation is everything. And I think that in the long term, reputation will come back to save you one day. It's very important. I feel like nowadays not everyone gets to do that. As much, especially when it feels like everyone's getting like snatched up and signed, you know, but I think it's also a good thing because let them make money. That's awesome. I've always said this. I've been saying this for years, 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 years. My goal in wrestling is just to take this as far as I can. I really do love wrestling. I, I love being here. I'm not. I my goals have never been like I need to be rich. I want to be famous. Like I really don't give a shit about that stuff. I want to wrestle and I would love to make a living doing so. So I do want money. That'd be nice. But. I, I'm not trying to get rich or, or even famous. I absolutely want a legacy, though. And I want it to be a good one. I want it to be a great one. Those, those are the things that I care about, honestly.
0: I, th- I think you're well on your way for all of that. You have seem to have a really cool reputation with everybody who comes across you. And then like, yeah, and like I said, the hard work that you put in. So uh, another thing I see you drop sometimes, you've talked about body image. And is that something that you think that female wrestlers deal with more than the, the guys? Uh, is is it something you've dealt with? Like, where does that come from?
1: It's hard for me to say if if the females deal with it more than the guys. It certainly feels that way, but it's also a little biased because I am a woman. So it, it's hard to say because I just think in this business in general, we're all judged on our looks. We We are, absolutely. Anyone in the entertainment business, like, that's not even a question. That's just how it is. So... I don't. I to me, it's not really like a gender based thing. I feel like everyone deals with it. I I guess I've dealt with it, but like honestly, I feel like I've really gotten lucky. I I have so many friends who have body dysmorphia for a number of reasons. A lot of them have to do with WWE, especially back in the day. Now it's a, now it's different than it was. Obviously, you can tell just by looking at the roster. But it, it's really sad to have friends who look in the mirror and don't see themselves how everyone else sees them. They don't see a reality, they see this perception of themselves that isn't true. And it's I think it's terrible, but there are absolutely men who experience that as well. It's something that I think has really gotten better in the business. It certainly seems when you, when you look at the people that are on TV now versus people that were on the TV in like the late 90s, it certainly seems to have improved. And and it's not just about like, oh, women need to be skinny. It's also like men need to be at least six foot three or you know what I mean? Or like gassed out of their minds, like that, that type of thing, people really, really damaging their bodies terribly. And in a variety of ways, just to get this like unrealistic look to have 365 days a year, but yet these wrestlers are expected to maintain that. So, yes, I, I feel like I've gotten very lucky. I don't know why, I don't know why, how I like escaped that. Um, I've absolutely dealt with it, but I don't know if it's having a thick skin. I don't know if it's not being bullied about that type of thing growing up. I don't know. I'm, I'm from the Metro Detroit area. So like growing up, having a booty was a good thing. You know, I was never right. told to get skinny <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I do remember when I was in Impact, that was the peak of like random trolls on Twitter trying to tell me I'm fat, but I can't even express to you how much it doesn't affect me people can say that all day long. Like, Oh, I don't care, but I'm serious. I would read it and keep scrolling. Like I wouldn't even blink. It it was just like, what, like, what are you looking at? Okay, whatever. (laughs) I don't know what you're seeing, but I'm not seeing that. And it it did not get to me It never got under my skin. I've never thought that I was like fat or whatever. I don't know. Even, even at my fattest, I was not, I was not like, I mean, I've always wanted to like improve, I guess I I do want to look good. I've just never succumbed to that. And I wish so badly that I could just like take whatever that is and like bottle it up and give it to all my friends and anyone who needs it so they can just like give zero fucks like me. I really do wish I could do that.
0: So that that would be amazing because, yeah, I know plenty of people. And uh, no, it, it, it seems like in the industry that you're in, you have yeah. to walk out there and in, in the clothes that you have to wear and everything. And so it, it's, it's nice that that's not something that affects you. So it, speaking of, clothes that you wear though by the way uh your stuff is like especially your entrance stuff is like so elaborate and fascinating to me like where Thank does you. where does that part of you come from
1: um well are you talking about like the feathers
0: yeah like the feathers and stuff yeah
1: because I, I feel like i really um toned that down in nwa actually i kind of went, went back to more of like let me look more i guess traditional but also i kind of stopped wearing the feathers and, and started to like transition into other things but I'm still kind of experimenting figuring out what I want to do but I've always been a huge fan of burlesque that's where the feathers came from I started wearing those in shimmer so long ago I had the actual like peacock ones I had the shoulder piece and then I had the head piece and the head piece I would wear in I brought down to Florida and I would wear it for shine and the shoulder piece I left up in Michigan so I could like drive with it and I'd wear it up in Chicago for like shimmer because traveling with that stuff is not fun. Let me tell you. But, uh, uh so I kind of like split up those two pieces and we'll wear them in different promotions. I, I just, I've always been a fan of that showgirl look and it's just so big and obnoxious. And I remember when I got that shoulder piece, that was my thought is this is so obnoxious. I have to wear it.
0: Yeah. I never even thought about the traveling with it. That must suck.
1: Oh yeah. I have, um, I have different stuff now that I kind of was making work. I had, very similar to the feathers, it was like a collar, I guess, kind of like a Victorian style that I was wearing a little bit last year. Unfortunately, it got stolen in Japan. Terrible. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm t- pretty sure TSA stole it, but that's a story for another day. And um, I, I have this like giant beaded piece right now that I'll probably wear on the pay-per-view, but I can't promise. I don't know. We'll see how I'm feeling.
0: I saw like an interview a little while back where you mentioned like the sewing machine and you started wanting to like do your own stuff. Did you ever, uh, You, I, I know you got a sewing machine. Did you ever learn to use it?
1: Yes, actually in December, my mom came over and gave me my first sewing lesson and we made a pillowcase.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it's a peacock pillowcase.
0: Is like peacock like your favorite?
1: It's honestly not. Like I just I the when I got that feather piece I was like, okay, this is like a peacock style so I guess I'll get peacock feathers like instead of getting like a solid color one. But once you start doing stuff like that, people assume it's your favorite and then they keep buying you that. So like uh, the material yeah. for this pillowcase someone got me cuz they just assumed like, "Oh, she loves peacocks." And I'm like, "Okay, sure." I mean, I I like peacocks, but like, I don't want to wear peacock print everything. I
0: won't. I won't like harass you about your look too much. But I do have a question too about your hair. You've you've gone through like several changes, but your current style right now, it seems like you've stuck with like. Is there a particular reason, like you just decided this is the look?
1: Um, I've had the blonde streak. Off and on since the beginning of my career. I think there was a very brief time where I got rid of it. Um, There was a very brief time where I had like pink bangs. That was a fucking mistake. I don't know why anyone let me do that. Or I don't know why anyone didn't say anything to me about it. But whatever. (laughs) I guess they were trying to be good friends. But a good friend would have told me. But anyway. (laughs) Um, the blonde streak I've always went back to. I like it. There weren't, uh, people that were doing that when I started doing it. Like Seth Rollins, I don't think was, was on TV when I started doing it. And Matt Hardy certainly wasn't, even though once I got into impact, people were like, you're Seth Rollins sister because, you know, we would, of course, we would just have matching hair if we were brother and sister, but whatever. Anyway, I've had it for a long time. Um, It's very low maintenance, which I love. And also a lot of people recognize me with it. So if it, it really has become a signature and that's the main reason why I, I keep it, but also low maintenance is huge for me because I am i don't have time for that.
0: Another fact or factor about you, another thing that I've seen that's kind of interesting and we've even talked because like we had to work around your training for MMA. When did that start? And is that something you're still considering pursuing?
1: For sure. Um, I, I am going to jujitsu like every day. That started, I'm trying to think of how long it's been. I started wrestling first. I want to say I was maybe two or three years into the business. And then my brothers were going to a, an MMA school and they were like, you need to come up here because you're, you're going to love this. One of my cousins is actually a pro fighter. And so they got my bro, he got my brothers in my brother started fighting. Then they got me into the gym and I just never left. It's funny. There's uh, we have another sibling. We have a sister. She's the only one that doesn't do any of this.
0: I was going <laughs> to ask if this is like a family thing, if you guys just like fighting or whatever,
1: I guess, I guess we do because like I have, let's see my cousin is a pro fighter his brother fought at some point he doesn't anymore and then our other two cousins are collegiate wrestlers in in college And then my brothers both fought. Yeah, it really does feel like a family thing. It's all the boys and then me. And then my sister is like, no, I'm good. I'm a math teacher instead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with being a teacher. No, Um, not at all. It's just very different. (laughs) No, no, no. I know what you mean. Yeah. And another part of this is what was really cool that it was actually it made me super stoked to see you do was Bloodsport this last time because I always wanted to watch it and I didn't see the first one. But When I was started picking up the NWA stuff, I was like, "No, I've got an excuse. Allison Kay is going to be there, so I got to see this." And uh, what was that like?
1: That was amazing. Honestly, it 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 is easily like one of my top three shows of the year. I wish all my matches could be like that. It was so much fun working with Savoy. Was great because she knows what she's doing. Honestly, there was no. I've never experienced anything like that, and I I love it so much. I will totally do it again.
0: Well, maybe next time. Have they even said there's a next time?
1: They are having a Bloodsport Mania weekend, but that's like. Different. I don't know. So I think it's a little different with all the congestion going on down there. But um the one I did was like a I, the first one was Mania Weekend, right? It was a Mania Weekend. Yeah, I um, I right. I assumed, or at least Josh Barnett's first one was Mania Weekend, and then um, I assumed the next one was. I th- I thought they were only doing them WrestleMania Weekend, but then the one that I did came up. That was in like September in Adla- in Atlantic City. Yeah. So um, not sure, but I would I would absolutely do that again.
0: Allison, you've been super generous with your time. I have got a few more things I'm going to ask you, and then uh, I'll, I'll let you go because I know you've got somebody to beat up probably. But the uh Always. <laughs> Two years ago, I think now you were dealing with. So I've been talking about your hustle and stuff like that. And and, and one of the things I love about you is that you it, not only did you decide like early on you're going to be a wrestler, then you started doing it, then you've been doing the indies and you book yourself and you manage yourself and you've been putting yourself through all of this stuff. But I was thinking about this today. I wasn't even sure if I was going to bring it up, but today I found out. Like I randomly had like. High blood pressure, like super high blood pressure. And the doctor oh. was like, you should get this checked out and blow my blood. He's like, this is all the stuff that could happen to you. Anyway, all that to say, it made me think about you. Two years ago, you just randomly had this medical thing that wrecked you for a little bit. It was these blood clots in your lungs. Is that right? Yes. And how, how did you find out about that? Like, what what was the process there?
1: That was actually um, the second to last day of Impact Tapings in January of 2018. For a couple of days, I had been wrestling with a lot of discomfort in my ribs. I thought maybe I had a twisted rib or pulled a muscle in my back, and I kept wrestling. The doctor checked me out. He's like, well, it's definitely not a fracture. It's definitely not broken. You know, take these Motrin or whatever he gave me, and and if it don't feel better tomorrow, you should go get it checked out. Cause obviously he doesn't have like equipment on the, on set. You know what I mean? So that night we went out to eat and the motor must've wore off because when we were walking through the parking lot, like I could barely stand up straight. It was just like this crazy, crazy stabbing pain in my ribs. I tried to like, I got to my friend's house tried to like stretch it out. I thought, I really thought like I pulled a muscle or, or that a rib was like twisted. I don't know. I, I, I just couldn't even, I never in a million years thought it would have been a blood clot. But anyway, uh, I probably waited like 10 minutes. And then finally I was like, ah, we should probably go to the hospital. Like I'm to the point where it was probably past midnight at that point. Um, I'm not going to get any sleep. We have tapings in the morning. We, I should just go. And it's so funny how like people talk themselves out of going to the hospital. Cause I was absolutely doing that. And I don't know why I had insurance. Like, why am I like, just go, you know, but like in my head, I'm like, oh, it's probably like, I don't know. What if they're like, oh, you're fine. It's just gas or something like really embarrassing. And then I'm like, it's so stupid that, that you would talk yourself out of it just to be safe out of what embarrassment, like who cares? Yeah. I People mean, do that's, that that's all the,
0: the, time. the doctor was telling me, he's like, why aren't you coming in more regularly? You're supposed to just. Like, get this stuff checked out. What's going on with you? But anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, it's totally true. Like, I'll tell my mom, like, did you go to the doctor for this or that? And like, people are always like, my friends will be like, yeah, I don't want to go because I don't really want, I don't, they're afraid of what they're going to tell them. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But then you can get it fixed. Anyway, so anyway, I understand because I was talking myself out of it, actually on the way to the hospital, because I think I had taken a muscle relaxer. Cause I, am thinking it's my, like I pulled my back or something. It started to sort of kick in and there was a part of me that thought, oh, we shouldn't go to the hospital. Like let's turn around. Thank God I didn't say that because I go to the hospital and yeah, they tell me it's a blood clot. And the way the doctor that came in and told me this, the way that he did it was kind of shitty. He just kind of like, um, he wasn't even the doctor that first came in and talked to me. He just came in with the results after I got a CT scan, the way he said it sounded like I was going to die. And maybe, maybe they didn't know, honestly, maybe they didn't know if I was going to die. And that's why he sounded like that. But the way he said it was like, yeah, you know, it's a blood clot. I'm sorry. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) okay. So do I have like three days to live less? Like, what are, what does that mean? And then he just told me I was being admitted. Um, I was in the hospital for three days and on blood thinners for six months after that. So there was a whole thing of, I had to get all these tests done with the hematologist and, um, To make sure that it wasn't a clotting disorder that was genetic, because if it was, then I would have had to be on blood thinners for the rest of my life and I would not be able to wrestle ever again. Or I could, and then if I bleed internally, I would die. So probably, you know, good idea to not wrestle on blood thinners. So um, uh, fortunately, they ruled out that it's anything genetic and it was most likely a medication that I was taking at the time. And so obviously I don't take that medication anymore. So... (laughs) Uh, I, I think that I was very fortunate, and of course I'm looking up like stats about blood clots because I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like this is crazy. I'm looking it up while I'm in the hospital. Don't ever do that.
0: No, no, <laughs> I, like, I've read. You WebMD yeah. yourself, and I I think I saw somewhere someone said one time like WebMD is like a choose your own adventure book where every ending is cancer.
1: Seriously, for me it wasn't even that. It was like blood clots in the lungs, um, or pulmonary embolism. Uh, as it's referred to, most of the time, the first symptom is sudden death. And like people that are diagnosed with them, this is the percentage of people that die within days, like that type of thing. And then of course, it, I think it was like leaked first that I was in the hospital or whatever. But like once it was on Twitter, people, the things that people write are so funny, but not funny, but they are funny because I laugh at stuff like this, but like they mean well, but they're just terrible. <laughs> Like when someone tells you that they're sick or like, yeah, I'm in the hospital, I don't know, I have a blood clot, for example, you don't say like, oh, yeah, my aunt had a blood clot, she died. Like, okay, why would you tell me that? <laughs> Those are the things you don't say. And they like, meanwhile, they're trying to like wish me a, a, a speedy recovery while also telling me this terrible thing that happened to a person who had the same thing that I currently have and I'm in the hospital for. It, it's just funny. I laugh at it now, but like... At the time, probably less funny.
0: Yeah, you're already looking for reasons that uh, you're you're going out. So it's, <laughs> it's people just sending you free explanations. We happen to have, by the way, I know for a fact, some doctors that listen to this show and they talk to us on Twitter. And I, I would just like to go ahead and say, learn from Allison here. Don't ever say, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like the worst thing to say, like when you're giving a diagnosis to someone.
1: At the same time, it's it's interesting because like sometimes doctors are very, they have to be very straightforward about things and not really show a lot of I don't want to say empathy, sympathy, whatever, you know, they, they don't really get into the emotional side of it. A lot of times I think t- stereotypically, but this time that he did, I'm like, no, I don't want you to do it now. Like, this is not the time to do that. But We're I don't just know. Seen maybe, maybe he thought I was done for Maybe he's like, Oh, this, this girl's going to die. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I guess I could see that. But I, the last time I heard you talk about this and I, and I, I wanted to hear it again just because I think it's a really cool part of your story, but at that time you weren't even sure if it was genetic or not. So it's cool to hear that it was not like a genetic thing and, and more likely attached to the, uh, um, medication so hopefully that never happens again um that's another example of you You just like fought back from it that's that's awesome I I, uh, A lot of people would have been like uh uh, let's write chalk this up we had a good run like now now we're getting blood clots in our lungs and Um, then
1: my first my first match back after that was the mayon classic so i hadn't wrestled in eight months and i wrestled on the Mayon classic and that was definitely added a shit ton of pressure to that match
0: do you feel like it affected you a lot like i mean i mean as far as not just even the pressure do you feel like you did worse than you had planned to
1: honestly no um i was very i was so happy with that match and i couldn't have had a better opponent for my first match back because it was someone i was so familiar with Mia Yim. and um yeah. i feel like i got so fortunate with that but also i was shocked at how much it had felt like i had never left um, because I was really worried about that and I was worried about like, my cardio and and just everything. And I, I got so much amazing feedback from that match that I was just like shocked and just so relieved. I mean, I'm sure had I not been out for eight months, it would have been even better, I would imagine. But I, I'm so I was so happy with it.
0: Watch that match with with me. And it's really good. And And did you expect more from WWE after all of that? Did you expect to hear something more or do something um, more with them?
1: Honestly, I don't expect anything in wrestling. (laughs) I really don't. Uh, So many of my peers will tell you the same thing. Like, I don't even assume anything is happening until I'm there, you know, even during even during the Mayan classic, actually, I almost could not wrestle because they needed an additional letter of clearance about the blood clot. And um, my doctor's office was, of course, taking their sweet ass time. So they got it sent over at the like the last minute. It was like I'm not even kidding. The last minute I almost had to have an alternate take my place so like i don't believe it's happening until until it's already happened and then i'm like oh yeah that thing did happen <laughs> i don't get my hopes up in wrestling for anything there are a million and one reasons why things happen or why they don't. Yeah, I just I'm I'm just going along for the ride. That's what I was doing then. That's what I'm doing now. I'm having fun with it. That's what I've always wanted to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of us out here who are glad you're where you are right now that you're in the NWA. And uh, so we we appreciate you being the women's champion. I I, I want to ask you about so one of the matches I watched and we, we don't have to dive in this more than you want to because some people are kind of iffy on it. So I'm just curious your thoughts because uh, you're you're very experienced with all of this um i watched you and joey ryan on youtube <laughs> and, yes uh, so i was I literally w-
1: like i was legitimately like what is he gonna say i'm like who could he okay go ahead
0: <laughs> no no sorry i i, I, I- I feel like sometimes maybe I build it up a little bit too much. <laughs> I don't know.
1: No, um, I really I really just was like racking my brain on what which match you were going to talk about. But yeah, go ahead.
0: So so I watched it. And that was a unique match. And um and and I actually so I'll say this, like I watched it. I don't have a problem with it. Like I was like this looks like it was fun for the people that were there and but but where do you stand on there are like if you mention this shit on Twitter Ooh, or somewhere? Yeah, I know
1: it. I know it. Yeah, like
0: intergender <laughs> comedy like these are divisive topics with this oh yeah how do you feel about like wrestling like that like a lot of people i mean maybe even me mentioning it is probably not the greatest thing in the world you know that like but i found it on youtube but you know they'll, they'll say like oh she wrestled joey ryan first of all he's the dick wrestler second of all it's intergender like there's you know all this shit like how do you feel about that
1: well obviously i'm okay with it because i did it If I if I wasn't okay with it, I wouldn't have done it. I think that everyone has a right to their own opinion. And if you don't like comedy wrestling, you don't like intergender wrestling, I'm not going to argue with you about that. That's your opinion. I'm not like you're not wrong because it's an opinion. Right. So um, I can't tell you like, no, you're wrong. It's not wrong. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. I don't think you need to go out of your way to hate it cuz see now you're like now you're taking extra steps, you know what I mean? If you don't yeah, like yeah. it, you want to turn it off or you think like I don't want this. I don't want to go to a show that's all about that. Sure. I don't know if you need to like grab a pitch for it cuz now you're making an effort. Now you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so like it, it cuz if I don't mean. like something, I'm not going to I'm not going to participate. Um I'm going to avoid that. Um I'm definitely not going to seek it out and like talk about it cuz I don't like it. But I had so much fun in that match. <laughs> Um, I was very proud of that match, actually. And um, mainly because I feel like I made it make sense for me. So first and foremost, Joey was very respectful. And he was the first one to be like, "Uh, whatever you want to do, we don't have to do. It was literally like whatever I wanted to do, whatever I want to take out. It's all like up to me. And I think that he was also a little surprised that I was more willing to do a little more of the the comedy stuff. I think he thought I was going to be a little more serious. And I'm like, oh, you don't know my history. No, <laughs> um, I I like to think of myself as being able to adapt to all situations. And I think that it was very timely and fitting that I did the match with Joy Ryan and Blood Sport so close together, because if those aren't two opposite worlds that I feel like I excelled in back to back, then I don't know what is.
0: I think that's exactly the reason I'm curious about it with you more so than a lot of people is just because you carry yourself and, and even describing yourself or looking at what you've done. You're, you're very much like a, you, you've got a more serious persona. So to see you open to these other ideas, it's just kind of interesting.
1: I think that really making the match make sense for me was the most important thing. So it wasn't like, I watch a lot of his matches, and um, he definitely has a formula. And I knew that that formula, as is, didn't necessarily work for me. I needed I needed to change it up a little bit. Also, what was really important to me, because one huge argument people have is the whole like consent thing. Like he's making people grab him and things like that, which isn't true at all. He's the first one to be like, you don't have to do any of my stuff. Like he he can work around it. He doesn't. It's fine. And so um, there were certain moves that I I said no. And and not even in like, it wasn't even a big deal. I was just like, oh, let's just take that out. Let's just do this instead. Like, I think instead of like the bootplex, I'm like, well, let's not do that. Let's do something else instead. And he was totally cool with that. But for me, making it make sense meant stopping the match and talking about consent. I talked for almost a minute straight about consent. Of course, the mic didn't work, but I felt like my voice was projecting pretty decently. And um. The audience was so into that whole thing. They were into the match. They were into the speech, which I did completely on the fly. Like I knew I was going to talk, but I didn't know how long and I didn't know what I was going to say. But the subject matter rings true for me. So I didn't need to have some like pre-planned speech. I just spoke from my heart. I feel like it all, I feel like it made sense for me and that was what was important. And what really surprised me was that at the end of the match, how many people came up to me to thank me for talking about it, for bringing it up. And there was even, I even, I said at one point in the match, cause I did see that there was like a kid. I don't know how many, there weren't many children there, but I did see one child. And I remember looking at her and saying like, look away or something. And that parent brought her up to me after the show to thank me, which I was a little like thrown back by, but she was like, thank you for talking about consent. And I told my daughter, like, listen to what she's saying. And that, That meant a lot to me. And I know that some people would listen to that and, and and people that don't like the style or don't like just flat out, don't like Joey, they're going to roll their eyes and say, no, I don't care and whatever. But like, I don't see why we can't make wrestling have a message. I don't see why um, we have to live inside this wrestling bubble that it's like, it's only done this way. And, and this is how, you know what I mean? Like the stupid rules that are accepted in wrestling that if anyone on the outside watches, doesn't make any sense. Like, hey, why did this guy just come out here in jeans and say that we're, ha- we're having a match right now? Like, well, how did he get to book this match? Things like that don't make sense when you're outside of the wrestling bubble. But because we're inside it, we just accept it. I, I just don't see why we can't stretch. Sorry, I'm going on like a whole tangent. But I don't see why we can't go, get outside of that wrestling bubble and, and actually make things make a little more sense or like have a message behind things.
0: No, that's, that's a hundred percent what I wanted, Allison. I, I think that you're, you're absolutely right. And, and there's so many different things out there right now. Like you can, especially there's, there's no shortage of wrestling right now. So like you can, find the stuff you like and so i mean nwa is a different taste than like most of the other main products right No, i mean i i'm totally with you on that it just uh, i was curious to see like how you felt about it and, and the consent thing was i wasn't going to hammer on hammer that home but it, it it is one of the coolest parts about the match to me i i just thought that was kind of neat that you like took a second in the middle of all that to to say all that it, it like gave you some uh Gravitas. I don't know. I don't know if that's the <laughs> word, but it just added more to you. More respect for you for that. So yeah, I, I, I was I was interested in in just how you viewed comedy and and that sort of thing in there i definitely think
1: there's a time i definitely think there's a time and a place
0: some places it just doesn't fit in you're right so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go here in a second but before i do that i mean obviously you've got a big mash coming up everybody that's listening i'm assuming probably already is gonna get hard times they're gonna watch that and be pulling for you and shut up about thunder rosa and uh (laughs) another thing you're doing that i think is super interesting and not for any of the reasons anybody should think that i think this is interesting i just think this is a neat concept you're doing this cupid run.
1: Can you yes. tell me
0: about that like what you, this is like your second time doing it?
1: No, this is my fifth time doing this.
0: Your fifth time doing
1: yes. it. Yes, not consecutively. I haven't done it five consecutive years. I think I skipped a year here or there, but yes, fifth time doing this Cupids Undie Run. It's a nonprofit that all the proceeds go to the Children's Tumor Foundation. Sorry, which Children's Tumor Foundation is the nonprofit. And um it's basically the gimmick is you run, you do like a mile run or something in your underwear. And they do it all over the states, actually. But the gimmick in Detroit is that because it's around Valentine's Day, it's freezing. Like, I think um, there was one year they actually had to cancel the run altogether. Like, we still got together and had the event, but we didn't actually go outside to run because it was, like, negative 14 out or something. But every other year that I've done it, we've actually done the run. In your underwear. uh, That's insane. Some people wear the footie pajamas, like not everyone is an actual underwear, but I, I commit to it because people want to see pictures and I'm going to give them their money's worth, especially when they're helping me raise thousands of dollars. And um, if I can use my thirst trap pictures on Instagram for a good cause, then I'm going to. So this I love year you lean I, into it. <laughs> yes. Um, I this year I'm actually bringing a lot of the girls from NWA with me, so we have a team going that's NWA Girl Power. Right now we're halfway to our goal. We set a goal of five five thousand dollars, I believe. um, Which because we ended up not being able to start promoting everything with the Girl Power until close to the end of last year, so it doesn't give us too much time to raise money. But we did set a goal for five thousand, and we're I believe halfway to that goal now. And then the last day to donate is the eighth. Is the day of the run. And then we have a bunch of raffle prizes also that every donor gets to have at least one entry in. All those details are on my page, but um, we have a, we're gonna have more raffle prizes announced in the next coming weeks, and it's for a great cause. So everyone should go donate a dollar.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got uh, Marty Bell to, to set her differences aside with you, and she's doing it. And like Maureen, I think did I see us doing it? And yeah, Maureen, Shaw.
1: Sherry, um, ODB, Ashley ODB. Box.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, you got like a whole team. That's awesome. That's And it's for a good cause. So this is good. So people, please, if you're listening, go donate to the girl power through any of those folks. I think you can do like an individual donation and it shows yes. how much you appreciate Allison doing this show today and, uh, that, yes. that, that people are actually listening. So it'd be cool. <laughs> you help us out too. Yeah.
1: Right. Say NWA pod sent you in your comments. Yes. There you
0: go. <laughs> Um, Allison thank you so much for doing the show It's it's been an honor having you on here
1: thank you for having me it's about time right
0: yeah it is about time hopefully it won't be the last time maybe we'll get to talk to you again sometime in the future
1: of course of course
0: um, good luck at hard times I will be there awesome all right um, tell everybody where they can find you real quick before we cut out of here
1: Twitter and Instagram is at Sienna uh, because that's my verified name and I didn't change it yet and I was going to uh, ask you about that <laughs> Yes, it's verified. And I want, it, I want to change it so bad. But every combination of name that I have thought of so far is taken by some like fan account um, on either Instagram or Twitter. So I can't get them to match. It's so irritating. So I'm just leaving it for now. I don't feel like de- dealing with it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram is at Sienna. Patreon.com slash Allison K. The Undie Run is on my Twitter and Instagram. So if you go on there, it's probably easier just to go on my, like, my Instagram story. I have a—I have a highlight. Um, story for the Undy Run where you can find links.
0: Allison, thank you again so much for doing this. Five, two, three, yeah!